Welcome back to Brews in Boxing, your weekly show for boxing news and analysis from our panel of experts. With me, as always, is Filthy Rich. Filthy Rich, what it? So, you know, I, I read somewhere that there is a thing called eggnog seltzer. Seltzer? Seltzer? What? I don't know what it's called. I could not find it. So, to, uh, you know, next best thing I got. Christmas ale, boys. Christmas ale. Let's do this. I'm ready to pop it open. Why don't you just blow some bubbles into your uh, eggnog? That'll work. You know, yes. Grab a straw. You don't do that. That'll work. And of course, with us as always is the judge, Jimmy James, the one, the only, the sauce. What's up, buddy? Beef stick. <laughs> Beef stick. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm doing all right. You know, Vikings play on Thursday night, which is going to be weird. Uh, lost to Detroit. Way to go. Can't get any lower than this, guys. So uh, it's only up from here. Uh, looking forward to talking about some boxing. And they're playing a team that tied Detroit. <laughs> so, Detroit just wow. been here twice. <laughs> Didn't think of that. Did you? All right. Well, we got a lot of news to get to. Some uh, reviews of, especially with uh, Jim's favorite boxer, Jojo Diaz, later. But we'll get to that in a little bit. For right now, gentlemen, pop your eggnogs. Oh. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Let's go on with the show. Where's the news time, gentlemen? Time to uh, put on your thinking caps here and then analyze these uh, articles and uh, news that we got this week. First one we got is uh, the WBC officially orders Tyson Fury to fight Dillian White. Uh, the fight could happen apparently in March around my birthday. Maybe a nice little birthday present for all. Right or lie, but what do you guys think of this? Filthy Rich, what do you think of uh, Tyson Fury being forced to fight Dillian White, or will you even just say, eh, whatever, take it, don't care, fight someone yeah, else? This is perfect. The WBC has their fingers on the pulse of the world. <laughs> they think everyone's talking about Anthony Joshua. No, they step in, they say, Dillian White is the mandatory. These WBC people are out of their mind. I get it. It's a good fight. It's probably going to generate a lot of money because these are two UK guys. But this is not the fight we're dying to see. Do you remember when uh, J.J. Dillon kept asking Sting, who you want to fight, who you want to fight? And he kept feeding him random people over and over, and the answer was Hogan. That's what the WC, uh, WBC feels like to me. It feels like J.J. Dillon. Offering Sting, everyone but Hogan. I'll drink to that. Okay, for those of you alive during the WCW era of the nineteen early nineteen nineties, uh, you got a little throwback there. Uh, Judge Jimmy James, what do you think? Uh, it's not Usyk, it's not Joshua, but it's Dillian White who's going to be forced. The uh, uh, height difference between the two of them is just like uh, Filthy Rich and you, by the way. Uh, very very big height difference. So, wow. uh, what do you think of this uh, <laughs> mandatory? I mean, height, height doesn't matter, but this is, I don't know, man. I, this is super weird. Mauricio Solomon, what, what are you doing? I don't know. What, he's always got to do something weird with his mandatory, whoever the mandatory is. I don't know. It's interesting to me because Dillian White was supposed to fight out of Aline and backed out. I don't know if I want to say last minute, but quick enough uh due to a shoulder injury and um now all of a sudden he's the uh, mandatory to fight fury so i not saying but just saying that doesn't seem 
<laughs> doesn't sit well with you there, Juice. Correct, right? Like, I just don't, it doesn't feel right to me. So, as far as, I don't know, what do I think? Eh, I, I don't think, I'd, I'd rather have him, Fury should fight Joshua Usyk. That, that's where, that's where I believe the money is. I, I don't believe the money is in Fury fighting Wilder, or uh, I mean, White, or whatever. So, I don't know, W name here. Man, like I said, it's throwing me off the loop, man. I can't even speak right now. I mean, that's all I got for that. I don't know. No, no, I don't like it. No. Well, Filthy Ridge says the WBC has got the finger on the pulse of the world. I think it's just the pulse of England for the most part, but uh, we'll see about that. All right, let's move on here to another fight. Uh, Keith Thurman is uh, scheduled to fight Mario Barrios on January 29th. Sauce, we'll start with you. What do you think of this one, Thurman? The Ger- Thurman? Thurman? Thurman, Thurman, well, um, the fight on January twenty. Uh, finally, Thurman <laughs> stops his his jibber. One time and, Thurman, by the way, one time just, a year. Uh, <laughs> you know, just stops talking and actually gets into the ring. So I'm glad he inked something because I'm pretty sure it's been like a two or three year layoff, and he he hasn't fought since he lost to Pacquiao. Man, what? So good for you, and you're getting into a ring. Um, with uh, what Mario Barrios is moving up to 147, so um, that's I mean, it's it's a fight. I think it poses a a challenge for him. I obviously we don't know how Barrios is going to do at 147. We just you know his last fight was at 140 against Tank Davis. So, um, but either way, I guess kudos to you, Thurman. You're on some sort of path. Um, I don't know how old he is, but he can't be crazy old. But get back in the ring and do and do something. I think there's a pretty big height advantage for one of them for the Barrios, I would assume. Um, but I mean, yeah, congrats on finally getting someone to fight you, whether it was, uh, by choice or by force, but, uh, maybe we'll see, uh, Thurman get back in the mix and, uh, fight more people at 147 or, or see what happens. So. Well, by hook or by crook, uh, Thurman, if he wins this fight, who will he fight in 2026? They're filthy rich. What do you think? <laughs> um yeah uh look i like how it's read as a tune-up fight for <laughs> keith thurman but i'm like dude you guys are probably ranked 10 and 11 in the division how is this a tune-up fight for you you haven't fought in so long and barrios isn't that bad yeah he's moving up to 147 but maybe that's where he belongs the last time we saw him was against gervonta davis and maybe just doesn't feel comfortable at 140 anymore look uh, Keith Thurman has like this ring absence. I don't think he's in shape to be fighting at 147. I think he's probably fat and he probably weighs 154. I think he needs to move up a division. Uh, I don't know who he thinks he's fooling. I got to see this to believe it. But as of now, you know, here's the other, here's the other thing. He's, he, you know, Keith Thurman, big money pay-per-view star. This is a pay-per-view fight. You kidding me? I don't know what's going on here, man. Uh, this is, uh, uh, this is not a- our April Fool's episode. This is a real show we're doing right now with real news, and it's embarrassing right now. That's all I got, and maybe my Christmas ale's been talking. Huh? <laughs> well, I think Barrios beats the crap out of uh, Thurman personally, but uh, oh. it kind of sounds like you're leaning that way too, Filthy Rich. James, you, you kind of feel that way too? I, I, I didn't know it was a pay-per-view. 
Why is this a pay-per-view? Because it's a, it's a once-in-a-five-year event. That's why you, you only get to see the guy once every three, four years. Of course, it's a pay-per-view event. Oh, my God. That is a terrible, <laughs> terrible decision. Oh, my God. I can't even wait to see the... With the oh, I, I can't wait for you card. to pay for it. Oh my yeah, you God! Know, I will say the PBC has has done a good job with their undercards, so maybe they can pull this one off. But uh, having Keith Thurman be your headliner, come on, man! One of the undercard <laughs> guys should be the headliner. Just my opinion. Yeah, I don't even know who it is, and I already agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair oh. enough. Maybe it'll go on uh, Triller. Maybe that'll be real. Oh, jeez! <laughs> maybe you get some concerts with it or something. You know, and I'd buy it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, you guys touched on the uh, Cambosis fight last week with Tifimo Lopez. Um, I did bet Cambosis for those of you who didn't know. Pat seven to one, boink right here. But apparently, Tifimo had a tear in his esophagus during the fight uh, from trying to rehydrate, regain weight after weigh-in, and it filled his neck cavity and his chest cavity with air, and apparently. With uh, the right place shot, he could have died, and now his future is uncertain. He might have to have surgery to close this uh, esophagus loop or hole, and this is a this is a really big deal. What do you guys think? Uh, if he Bob Arum saying he's not sure he'll fight again too. What do you guys think, Filthy Rich? We'll start with you. Well, I don't think anyone really cares what Bob Arum has to say. Bob Arum is not in. He's not a doctor. He's in the business of taking money from boxing fans like us. So uh, he wants to try to scare us with some, hey, it might be the last time you see him kind of thing. I'm not buying it. As far as uh, T.O. possibly retiring, I doubt it. Uh, the, 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 the fight retires the fighter, and I think he might be on a long delay. We may not see him for nine months or so, but this is the whole problem with trying to make weight. You need to fight at a weight you are comfortable at, and not cut this weight last minute just to fight a guy you think you can beat up on. I mean, there were rumors that T.O. was missing weight, which is why they kept delaying this fight. Well, if, if there's something to this thing of gaining weight and cutting it, and now your esophagus is torn, Dr. Rader, I don't know what's going on, but he needs to just move up like he said he was going to do. I don't think this is uh, Lopez's, I don't think his career is over yet. Well, what I was reading, too, is that he uh, was actually going broke from not fighting so much. And he had all these uh, people he had to pay. And the people that he fired was his nutritional group uh, that would have prevented this thing. And he decided to go on his own because he couldn't afford to pay them anymore. Uh, apparently, he had only only 50 grand to his name before this fight, this last fight. And they say that may be the reason why uh he tore his esophagus because he was not doing it the right way judge what do you think i mean if he would have just ate a bunch of sauce i can't imagine that he would have torn his esophagus but uh what do you what are you thinking about uh, is tfimo going to retire after this if uh it can't it sounds like it's life-threatening it's it's career ending if they can't get it fixed so uh this is interesting news right never heard any of this stuff before until after the fight so we have no idea how actually, how long this has been happening. I can't imagine it was just something that popped up spurt of the moment. I would have to imagine if you tore your esophagus that you'd have some sort of pain or residual effect well before this happened, right? Now, if they did know before this, 
maybe they were naive or not informed that this could be a life-threatening situation. And if they even thought it was a life-threatening situation, maybe Teofimo Sr. was giving him some bad advice saying, you know what, you're going to knock this dude out in one round anyway, so go get paid and then we'll go to the doctor. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. It went all 12 rounds. So that could have been something like that, but no one's really going to know that, right? And if he was... <laughs> And debt, as far as he was, couldn't back out. So, I mean, a lot of things that we don't know. I obviously have no idea, you know, how how serious something like that would be. But it just seems like it just seems odd that you would have been that you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have some sort of pain or something like that, um, and not go into a fight like this unless you were denying the facts right well i might have some answers for you on that as well here too james uh, apparently he had been sick for a few days uh before the fight and including the day of he felt sick but this is not something that they would normally check for in a pre-fight uh thing they just thought his glands were swollen from being sick and it was actually filling with air is what it was it's not something they would normally do and the esophagus tear apparently is something that goes over time from constantly dropping and gaining, dropping and gaining weight that your esophagus, you know, stretches and stretches and stretches. And then at one point it just snaps and it's not something that you feel pain on, but you feel bloated because obviously you're filling up with air like the marshmallow man. Uh, but uh, apparently, yeah, that's not something that they check for normally. And they just thought his glands were swollen because he was getting over being sick. So I don't know. It was a scary situation. I, does this uh, put a, uh, Black eye on Cambosa's victory in your guys' minds or not? No. No, what, I mean, what, no, no, I don't. Couldn't breathe, all, apparently, for most care. of the fight. He thought it was his asthma for the most part. I don't do care it. about that, man. You'd see the same people that are sitting here trying to do this crap are the same people that keep discrediting the, the, the Lomachenko. Like, oh, well, he went into the fight and he lost, so Lopez beat Lomachenko and all that stuff. Well, Lomachenko also went into the fight being a dumbass and had a torn shoulder and decided to fight anyway and thought he could win. If Lopez is doing the same thing, man, you got to learn, man. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I don't know. Fool, you can't get fooled again, all right? That's all it is, all right? It's just just what it is, man. So that's just stupid. But if he has uh, the thing behind him that I need money and I have to fight, so I have to take the risk, then that sucks. That's just poor. I mean, that's just a bummer, right? And I don't know who else you can blame on that, but that's a decision that obviously was made to move forward to make sure you get that money. And now, who knows if that is a, a condition that is not recoverable, then you may never fight again, man. I don't know. That sucks. Too bad his financial advisors, Adrian Broner, apparently. Uh, Filthy Rich, do you think this puts a uh, black eye on the victory of Cambosis? Uh, they said that he was having, uh, Lopez was having a lot of trouble breathing during the fight. They thought it was his asthma. But does this, uh, in your opinion, give it a black eye or not? I mean, I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't. Um, I think the Lopez fanboys out there would say, yes, it does. It wasn't a fair fight. And they have 101 excuses. But then those same Lopez fanboys, you tell them uh, Lomachenko had a bad shoulder. They don't want to hear it. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to discredit the Lopez fanboys. I'm not a Lopez fanboy. I like Lopez, but I got to keep it real here. Uh, Cambosis beat him. He, uh, Lopez shouldn't have been at 135. He should have just been at 140. The fight probably should have never happened. Uh, this is the fight game. You don't play boxing. 
Fair enough. All right, moving on. Uh, speaking of other uh, boxers contemplating retirement, Deontay Wilder, after his loss to Fury, is also contemplating retirement. Says he accomplished all of his goals. Apparently, one of his goals was not beating Tyson Fury. But uh, what do you guys think? There's still a lot of big money fights out there for him. There's an Usyk fight out there. There's uh, if if he has to, if Fury has to fight Wild, uh, White, uh, you know, you got uh, you got another. Uh, uh, you got Usyk available. You got a lot of guys available. What do you guys think uh, about Deontay thinking about retirement? Is it the time or you think uh, he's, sh- he's just, uh, you know, still in post fight loss depression. James, I'll start with you. All right. Yeah. I know this is interesting news to be honest, because like you said, there are big money fights that he could fight. There are plenty of people at heavyweight that he could still fight. If you know, the storm was right. Joshua ain't got no belts. Dillian White ain't got no belts. I don't care about it. We already talked about Dillian White, but well, I don't know. I'd rather have, I'd rather see Dillian White and Wilder fight than Fury Wilder or Fury White fight. Either way, Anthony Ruiz, Usyk ain't gonna fight Usyk, uh, but Ruiz, Joshua White, yeah, man, I, I could I could deal with that, right? But I mean, there's even other people. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I don't know. I think this is just kind of crazy. It's it's interesting. Um, obviously, he made a lot of money. Uh, in those uh, fights against Fury. So he probably isn't hurting for that at all. However, I don't know how entrepreneurial he is, right? Because I don't know what else he does except, you know, be mean, really, you know? Um, Besides, obviously, him and his girl are trying to get into the perfume game, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of funny. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's very, it's a real interesting move, uh, in my opinion. Um, I thought he would have had a lot more in the tank, but you know your body more than anybody else. And if that's the case, and he says that he's done and doesn't think he can do anything else and or doesn't have the drive anymore, then, you know, if you're healthy, why not hang it up, move on? But uh, I think that. Personally, I think it kind of sucks a little bit because I think he still had some stuff in the tank. But, but the Rich, what do you think? Uh, do you think he may retire and become a announcer, or, or maybe somebody offered him an announcing deal? Is that what he's contemplating, or is he still depressed about losing the Fury? Um, plenty of things there. He probably could be probably be pretty good. He'd do okay on the booth. I think he'd do okay. He would be fine selling perfume at Nordstrom's. He would do fine selling perfume. Smell so, it. look, I don't know if this guy was ever elite. I think uh, the American fan wants to see the the uh, the American star. They want to see the next Mike Tyson. And with all those knockouts this guy had, uh, I think America thought they were in for the next big thing, Deontay Wilder. Uh, Tyson Fury owns Deontay Wilder, uh, kind of the same way uh, Sugar Ray Robinson owns Jake LaMotta or Sandy Sadler owns Willie Pep. I mean, I haven't fought that many times, but it's three times. We don't see very many trilogies uh, in today's era of boxing. But I think Deontay still has plenty left. Sometimes you have to like sing a swan song. Hey, I'm leaving. Is anyone going to miss me? And see if Twitter says come back. We miss you. Come back. And that's probably what's going to happen. You know how many guys retire and end up coming back because people want to see him one last time. I think it's one of those things where he's going to not cry, but he's going to announce a retirement and then announce, Hey, I'm unretired because there's a ton of money left to be made. 
and the heavyweight division, especially, I shouldn't say especially on the PBC, but guys like Hellenius uh, is making a name for himself right now. And like Andy Ruiz, he's beaten Luis Ortiz twice. Uh, There's plenty of guys out there to fight. There's no reason to retire right now. There's too much money out there again when when the when the fight game retires you it's because there's no money to be made everyone's just beating you no one wants to see you in the ring but he still has a core fan base that wants to see him knock somebody out tyson fury owns him but everyone else uh deontay wilder has a real shot at beating a lot of guys deontay wilder is 36 but that is actually kind of young for heavyweights a lot too it seems like the heavyweights seem to go a lot longer sometimes into their 40s and whatnot so well, 36 you count, years old. You count the rounds he's fought. I mean, because he knocked a lot of guys out early. So you can be a certain age, but it's just like a, a baseball pitcher. Uh, don't count his age. Count how many innings the guy has thrown in his entire life. And do that, apply that same logic with a boxer. Well, I have that number for you, too. In 45 bouts, he's at 161 rounds. So that is not averaging, a lot. It's averaging like myself. three and a half rounds of fight, if that. So, you know, and. Is what it is. Yeah, very smart. Two embarrassing knockouts for him, though, in his eyes. So we'll see how he uh, recovers from it, if he recovers from it. I hope to see him back in the ring. I think think he's still got some uh, big fights and big paydays in front of him. All right, we'll touch on real fast here the last bit of news. We did our uh, Hall of Fame for the Bruising Boxing Hall of Fame first first induction last week. Uh, The actual Boxing Hall of Fame announced their... uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Roy Jones, your guy, gets in. Uh, so is James Tony, Cotto, and Holly Holm gets in there, too. People forget she was a very accomplished boxer before she knocked out Ronda Rousey. Uh, they also say that that has no bearing on it. I don't know if it has no bearing on it. Well, what do you guys think of these uh, these uh, Hall of Fame inductees? Uh, Judge, we'll start with you this time. We'll leave Roy Jones uh, to uh, Rich down there. Yeah, we'll leave. Yeah, Rich has opinions. And you'll hear you'll hear him on this one, right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, Cotto deserves to be in there. Roy Jones, what is his, his first ballot, right? First ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, I don't what Cotto's got to be two. I, I think he's got to be two. Um, and the Holton, like I said, I didn't even almost I mean, the third time yeah. didn't even know Holm was a a boxer. So shame on me, I guess. Um, and then James Tony. Um, yeah, I mean that's a. Uh, I think that's those are good. Uh, inductees right um definitely can't argue with with any of them i think it's i think it's good glad that people are getting recognized getting them in there and now they can probably just like not have to worry about that you know especially if you've had such uh some of the careers that some of these guys have had so i think that's uh i think it's good i like it i like it. all right judge james says it's good filthy rich what do you think uh go ahead and tell us a roy jones jr story that's not going to take 35 minutes no such That's thing. So yeah, James Tony was also uh, a second time, second time on the ballot. Now he's in. So yeah, props to them guys. Just want to mention uh, Miguel Cotto uh, got. I, I wouldn't. I don't know how to say Rob, but the, the whole thing with Margarito when Margarito had the loaded gloves. Miguel Cotto was undefeated going into that fight. Uh, he lost to a guy with loaded gloves and we know how this, uh, I don't know if it's just boxing or this country or what happens, but when Miguel Cotto got that loss, a lot of money was lost. That just, that should have been changed to like a no contest or something, but 
that had to have hurt his pocketbooks uh, on, like throughout his whole career. So um, they, all three guys deserve it. And there's probably a list of guys who will get in next year, or let's hope so, because a lot of good guys were left off the uh, off of this year's induction as well. And they're combining uh, last year's and this year's induction. Don't be surprised if Bruising Boxing has a live show in New York uh, in June, or you can be surprised. So I don't think any of us are planning on going. Well, sweet, filthy rich. You're going to uh, pay for our plane tickets out to New York. I like it. Well, well done. You're high rolling it this week. Yeah, I'll get all the pay-per-views. No problem. <laughs> I noticed too, but I wanted to bring it up earlier that the, your, uh, your mantle there went all Christmas. You took down the Wheaties boxes for this, for Christmas. It's Christmas is even more important than your, your, your hall of fame up there. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. All right, that's it for news this week. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on to uh, Brewers and Reviews here right now. All right, Brewers and Reviews time. Two nice fights this last week. A lot of fun to watch, uh, including one of Jim's favorite fighters. But we're not going to talk about that one first. We're going to talk about Tank Davis making his return to the ring, uh, fighting Isaac Cruz. Very, very close fight, uh, I believe. Uh, James is going to talk about a little injury that happened, but it did go the distance. Very close on the cards, 115-113 unanimous decision for Tank. James, we'll start with you about this one. Explain uh, how clo- how this one was so close. Well, I mean, he came out. Uh, first of all, so they weren't saying it Isaac. They kept calling him. Isak. 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 And that Isak was Cruz. driving me nuts because it's Isaac <laughs> and they kept saying Isak. Whatever. Maybe was I'm I just... doing commentary for that fight and I didn't no, realize it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just ignorant. I, I don't know, dude. Anyway, either way, um, it came out. Um, Cruz came out just like he was said he was going to do. Uh, Davis was just like he was uh, in, in his previous fight, pretty much. Um, downloading info, hanging out, doing his thing, right? And it seemed like a couple of times um, Cruz got in some good shots, never really backed down uh, throughout pretty much the whole fight. And Davis came, came through and, and had some good shots doing the same thing, you know, popping his little uh, left, uh, left quick left uppercut, which has pretty much dropped a lot of folks. But I didn't notice any real problem until maybe like the eighth or ninth round um, where it looked like Davis was, it didn't, it didn't look like the same Davis and he was only, he was only jabbing. That's all he was doing was just jab, 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 um, in his right hand until later, a little bit later in the fight. Maybe I think it was around 11 or 12. They started talking about like, I, I think Davis's hand is hurt. And in the 11th, 12th round, I don't know if he threw a punch with his left hand. Um, so it was just like fight night champion going through the actual story mode where you had to beat, you had to win a fight by only using one, one hand. Um, and that's, pretty much what davis did he had to only use his right hand for half of the fight i guess is what it came out later um and was fairly decent but i mean definitely was definitely was odd kind of sucks that it breaks his ko streak um but that was the biggest i mean the biggest takeaway for me anyway was that davis hurt his hand he said he hurt it on uh a punch on the top of Cruz's head because this is the first fight that he's fought someone shorter than him in forever. So 
yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was crazy. I think it was a close fight. Um, still think Davis won, but definitely, uh, definitely could tell that the injury affected him um, a lot. Uh, but props to Cruz. Well, you forgot the other big fight where somebody broke his hand was a big fight between Mason the Lion Dixon and Rocky Balboa. Forget about that one. Mason the Lion Dixon breaks his hand, gets a split decision victory over Rocky Balboa. Filthy Rich, what do you think of that fight? Uh, and where do they go from here? Where's well, Adelaide, from here? Adelaide Bird was uh, on the scorecard. So that's true. Decision. <laughs> Anyways, um, look, the, the, the fight was close, closer than because I, I, I feel like you may have read the scorecards wrong. I thought someone had it. I thought two judges had it like 116 to 112. 116, 112, 115, 113, 115, 113. Okay, so that 116-112 was a bit off. So it was unanimous, but um, this fight was like a 6-6, maybe 7-5 for Javante Davis. I thought Javante won the fight. I go online to just read what the Twitterverse has to say, and a lot of people felt like uh, Isaac Cruz ended up winning. And I don't know if these guys are just whining about something. Maybe they're all Floyd haters. I don't know what the deal was. I thought uh, Davis won this fight. It was close. He won it kind of in the same way. I recall Adrian Broner winning against, I think it was uh, Stanionis. can't remember who it was, but it looked like he was kind of running away. But uh, the fact is, Dew was controlling the ring. Gervonta was controlling the ring probably the entire time. Cruz was moving forward the entire time. Probably had the bigger punches that landed. But to me, it was it was pretty much Gervonta Davis on every swing round. So uh, I think Cruz moved up from 135 to 140 on last minute kind of deal. So props to him. Uh, I talked about him on a ranking we did not too long ago. So I'm glad uh, he was the first guy to go 12 rounds without being knocked down by Gervonta. Just the. Second time Gervonta went through a fight without a knockout, and Cruz was a, a tough, tough competitor. And uh, I think he was a tougher opponent than whoever was originally supposed to fight Gervonta. Do you guys remember who that was? Neither do I. Should we drink to that social? I don't, but I uh, I, I think Cruz would have got knocked down if Gervonta actually had that left hand. Man, I was watching him hit the uppercuts hard, hard. And Cruz did not have, he had a high guard, but he did not. He was taking those uppercuts hard, dude. And when that stopped, that was just different. I think he would have been dropped, in my uh, opinion. Uh, yeah, they got I mean, Rich called him Isak now, by the way. <laughs> Isak Cruz, Isak Cruz. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. What's Where's up? Tank go from here, guys? Well, I'm going to take that one right now. Because okay, Tank take has already stated that he's going to stay at 135. He vacated his title at 140. He's staying at 135. I don't know why, but that's what he wants to do. So that's what he's going to do. Probably a lot of people. Lopez moves up. Tank stays down. I got a bunch of people up there. Cambosis, Loma, Haney, all them guys. Um, I, I don't know why he wants to do that. Maybe because he thinks he's just, what do you call it? Like height wise, like better built for it. But that's what he's saying. He vacated his title and he wants to stay at lightweight. How, for how long? I don't know, but that's what happened. That happened. So he's going to fight one of the big name fights eventually here. Right on. What do you think, Filthy Rich? Is there anything for Isak Cruz in the future, or do you agree with him also on the Tank Davis future? 
look, if Cruz is at 135, which he should be, uh, that's kind of where he belongs. He's one of the top guys in this division, if you ask me. Uh, I don't think he's a big payday, so I don't think people are going to be lined up to fight this guy. Remember the risk-reward balance. Uh, Cruz is a high-risk fighter. I think he beats guys like Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia and a lot of these names who only want top dollar. They're not going to want to get the ring with Cruz. Cruz and just have to keep cruising, <laughs> boom, and just keep doing his thing because uh, he put up a good fight with Javante Davis. The two of them might meet down the line again, I hope, because I thought that was a good fight. And I don't know. I don't. That's all. That's all I got for Cruz, man. Both guys. Interesting to say at 135, but I can see the next what 2022. Both guys are going to end the year at uh, 135 at lightweight. Right on. Let's move to the other big fight of the weekend. Uh, Devin Haney uh, wins by a decision, unanimous decision over uh, the sauces guy Jojo Diaz. Uh, Jojo Diaz put up a good. That is his guy. Everyone no, knows that uh, the the love it that uh, James has for Jojo Diaz. So. Um, went 12 rounds with him, 117-111 on two of the cards, 116-112 for Tim Cheatham also says it. So Devin Haney goes the distance. Filthy Rich, we'll start with you about your breakdown of this fight. Look, I get what why it's James's guy, Jojo <laughs> Diaz. I get it. Here's the thing, man. How do I how do I put this? I still think he's a top 10 guy. Devin Haney's a tough competitor. I think Devin Haney controlled all 12 rounds. It was kind of a boring fight. Uh, I don't know how well Diaz, like what he does during training or what. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. But at least Diaz showed up. Um, Overall, again, boring fight. Haney, Haney is a lot quicker than I thought he was. Uh, maybe styles make fights. So he was able to display something a little bit more, but kind of a, you know, it was kind of the boring fight. James said it was going to be a boring fight. I did not think it would be this boring. I think James was right. This was going to be a boring fight. He has lost all faith in Jojo Diaz. Well, uh, James, I'm going to ring it up. <laughs> he lost all faith. <laughs> you said back when we did some rankings that uh, Rakamov was no good because he drew against Jojo Diaz. If you cannot beat Jojo Diaz clearly, then uh, and easily, then you are not uh, in the rankings. Devin Haney, who we all agree, is a very great fighter. Had trouble. He couldn't put Jojo Diaz out or even down on the canvas at one time. What's your explanation? Is Jojo Diaz that much better than you thought he was? First of all, boxing ain't all about knockouts and <laughs> knockdowns. Get the hell out of here with that crap. All right. Um, no, Jojo Diaz is not my guy. Never will be my guy. Never has been my guy. I don't, I don't know joke. what the hell is going on with that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's still Haney and it, it was something I was expecting more. I still... God, I feel like I say this is like a broken record, man. I was expecting more from Devin Haney. And he showed flashes against Linares in his previous fight that, oh, man, maybe he actually can come forward and have some power and do X, Y, Z. And he just needed more conditioning because he kind of fell off and after the ninth round and then got me. And this fight against JoJo, it, was, it didn't see anything spectacular. He had no offense. It seemed like he had no offense, which made 
absolutely no sense because Diaz is prone to be getting just drilled. And how I don't even did he even cut him? Jojo Diaz's face, his left side of his face is so easy to get cut, and he couldn't even cut him. I, That's I don't know, Jason. man. I'm Devin Haney has the ability. I believe to be a lot better than he is. I think he is somebody who plays down to his opponents. And that's exactly what happened here. Even with the unanimous decision, even with the scores that he had, I just, just wasn't impressed. And I exactly expected Jojo to do what he did. So uh, yeah, I was a little bummed out, but yeah, it was a pretty boring, pretty boring. (laughs) As you say, the sauce is disappointed in Jojo, but uh, Jojo, you know, there's only two losses were to Devin Haney and Russell Jr. or uh, Gary Russell Jr. So, I mean, uh, it's not a bad resume of uh, two people to lose to. So maybe he'll be able to regain your trust. What's next for uh, Jojo Diaz, Filthy Rich? Why don't you, since he's not going to tell me what, what's next for Filthy or for Jojo Diaz, well, I'll toss that one to you. And then, James, I'll give you, since we've been picking on you, what's next for Devin Haney? I don't know what's next for Jojo Diaz. I, I don't know if he needs to. Only 29. Up. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing. I don't know if he moves up in weight, if he stays at his weight, or if he moves down. I don't know if he's so out of shape that he needs to move up, but the competition's tougher if you move up. I don't know if you, maybe not tougher, but I don't think you do as well in 140 as you would do in 135. You say at 135, we kind of know where you are in the pecking order. You're at the lower 10. You're you're hanging on to number 10, if you ask me. I don't know if you go down to 130. Uh, he's too big. We are, yeah, we already know what happens when you try to drop weight. Your esophagus could tear, stuff like that. <laughs> so I don't know what the future is for this guy. Like you said, he's he's a young dude. Uh, I don't know if it's a trainer change is in order. I don't know what to do with this guy. Uh, I thought James was being hard on Jojo Diaz over the last several years. But uh, James is kind of right, man. Uh, I hate to admit it. I'll drink to you, James. I, I don't know uh, what to do with Janie. I guess he, I, or uh, th- with Jojo Diaz. I think it it, do- it probably starts with the trainer change. Let's start right there. Change your trainer, bro. Abel Sanchez. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we talked about how many how little rounds uh, Wilder has. Uh, Jojo Diaz has 263 rounds in 35 fights, so almost 100 and some odd more rounds in his, and he's only 29. So. Uh, Devin Haney, we've we've talked about uh, he's going to be in that upper echelon, but he sure didn't look like it in this fight, James. Where does he go from here? Oh boy! Well, a lot of talk now. Everybody, everybody's spouting off. Everybody, everybody wants a piece of Cambosis right now. Uh, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Loma. Uh, I mean, everybody wants a piece of Cambosis. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, to me, what would make sense if we want to get to the point where we're actually unified, even though the belts don't mean Jack, you want to get it on paper. Haney needs to fight Cambosis, unified champion, right? That's just how it is. Now, if you're talking about styles like fights, I don't know if that's really going to be entertaining. Um, I also wouldn't put past this if Garcia is trying to get back in the mix and back in the game. Why don't you come and take Haney? I think that would be a fight that I would be interested in just to see where he sits since he was, I don't know, man, he's spouting crap and he had an injured hand and mental health and all this other mumbo jumbo, man. I mean, I, I, that's those are the two that I would see. Haney and Cambosis for 
the unified, the real unified champion, um, or Haney and Garcia, because those are two up and comers. Garcia is either going to move forward or get that shut and then he can go to instagram and go hang out with jake paul and all them guys uh, and do that stuff because instagram followers don't win fights so i'll be the one to say it i think cambosis beats haney if haney fights the way he fought against jojo diaz i think cambosis beats him you have to tell me how much that bandwagon weighs uh it's uh, pretty heavy on my shoulders here you know it's, uh, <laughs> it's not as heavy as your jojo diaz fan club but uh it is pretty heavy all right, those are the fights this last week, and that's Brews and Reviews. We got some fights coming up this weekend, uh, including James's other favorite fighter, besides Jojo Diaz, coming up this weekend. So we'll get into that in Brews and Previews. All right, Brews and Previews. A couple big fights this weekend. I know which one you're going to be watching, James. Uh, Lomachenko makes his return to the ring after his uh, loss to Tifimo Lopez. I can't remember when that was. But uh, I actually fought Nagatani, Nagatani since then, hasn't he? But, uh, yes. I forgot about that fight. But uh, I haven't fought since June is what it is. So he's fighting Richard Comey this weekend. What do you think? What do you got? Uh, well, we'll, not, we'll do the predictions at the end. But uh, James, since uh, Lomachenko is your second favorite fighter right behind Jojo Diaz, and uh, what do you think? What's going on in this fight? Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Loma looked like the Loma of old against Nakatani. If he comes in with the same, if he comes in, he's unhurt, then uh, I, I, I just think it's going to be similar. I, I'm going to go back probably a little bit further than most people may remember, but I think it's going to be similar to a Nicholas Walters. Um, Loma going against the Axeman where the Axeman had way more power than Loma. And I believe Comey probably has more power than Loma, but it don't, you can't hurt what you can't hit. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Comey is going to have a hard time hitting Loma. I think he's going to have too much, spend too much time with that guard up. Right. So, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. I think this is definitely uh, Loma keeps fighting uh big name opponents i don't know why rich got such a weird face going on right now but he looks real <laughs> concerned uh or something or maybe i farted um but it's you know, a pg-13 but, show buddy. and we can talk about flatulence all right read the book everybody poops. anyway um yeah i think it's gonna be a good fight i think this is uh gonna be a style just like that if you've seen the walters fight i think that's what's gonna happen in my personal opinion everybody poops that's like the book about Terrence Crawford's opponents, right? <laughs> Filthy Rich, tell us a little bit about uh, Comey. Does he have a shot in this one, or is uh, Loma going to knock him out faster than uh, Lopez did? Lopez knocked him out in Jones. Uh, look, Comey was a good fighter. This would have been a good fight about two or three years ago. Uh, I don't think Comey has the speed he once had, uh, even with the Lopez fight. I I'm not saying it was a fluky fight, but uh, if rules were different and the round ended, if you're knocked down, uh, Comey has had a chance with Lopez, at least. Uh, we, I've went through this already with Lomachenko. He wasn't given that Lopez rematch, so now he's cleaning up guys Lopez has already beaten. So Comey's next on the list. I don't think he beats Comey in two, but he's going to put on a show. This is... Uh, we have not lost Lomachenko. The Lomachenko, 
who dropped in the pound for pound ratings is probably going right back up at to the top where he belongs. Uh, he had a bad shoulder one day and went six, to, went six rounds of six against a very good Teofimo Lopez. So, um, Remember, this fight is on Heisman Trophy night, so set your DVRs late. You'll have to you'll have to change the channel. You have to look on ESPN six or ESPN News the to Ocho. find this thing. But uh, I don't think this fight is what it could have been a few years ago. But at the same time, uh, Comey saw has something left. Loma's going to put on a clinic, and that's all I can add to this conversation. Take All right, beef well, let's get let's get to the prediction segment of that. Uh, Loma Comey, James, what do you think? <laughs> oh my God, I wish I could slap you right now. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think Loma I think Loma takes it down. I think Loma's going to win um, late round stoppage, um, like the eleventh round. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a flash knockdown like he did, uh, like Tia Famo did against Comey. Um, I think Comey will have uh, a little bit better defense. Um, but unfortunately, too much defense. I think it'll be a late round stoppage. Billy Rich. Yeah, I was gonna take. I was gonna take an eleventh round stop. I think I'll go with ten just to be just to shake things up a bit. I'll take Lomachenko and ten. Uh, put that finger down. Um, <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I think it's gonna be. I, I maybe the maybe the corner throws in the towel. I can't imagine. Uh, Comey not getting up for a 10 count because he still has some power. I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I can see the, maybe the corner throwing the towel, maybe the referee jumping in going, Hey, hey stop this brutal violence. Lomachenko stop it. But at the end of the day, I'm taking Lomachenko in 10. Well, you know, Lomachenko always starts slow and he always takes a few rounds to download his opponent, so to speak. I think it's going to be the new style Lomachenko, though. I think it's only going to take him two rounds to download him, and I think we're going to have a Nomas return of Nomaschenko. Uh, we're going to have Comey quit on the chair in round four. That's what the Raiders saying. He's got Comey's going to quit on the chair. Nomas makes his return, uh, gets the download after two rounds. Three and four just become a brutal onslaught, and then right after the fourth round, we got a Nomas in the corner. So I got a Nomas for Nomaschenko after four. Uh, James, you got a stoppage in the 11th, and Filthy Rich, you have a stoppage in the 10th. All right, let's move on to the last fight of the week. Well, there's other fights, but the, the other fight that we're going to talk about, Salomov is fighting Dmitry Bivol makes his return to the ring uh, in that light heavyweight division. Always a very uh, interesting division, especially with the, uh, you know who, the redheaded Mexican right around the corner coming in and knocking on this division. What do you guys think? About uh, Salomov versus Bevel. We'll start with you, Rich, this time. Uh, should be uh, maybe a good fight. When I say maybe a good fight, we haven't seen Bevel in the ring in a while. So we might have to shake off some ring rust here. But Salomov is probably the guy you want to step in the ring with when you've had such a long layoff. I think he'll put up a uh, at least. Uh, a good fight. Styles make fights. He the styles should mesh pretty well. I think. Uh, can I give a prediction now or no? We'll do that afterwards. We'll get there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, but it, it'll probably be one sided. Cut relatively early. Uh, I thought the same thing. Uh, 
about the layoff, but I, I did look it up. I forgot he did fight in May. He had a 12 round against Craig Richards in May. Before that, it was a two year layoff, but uh, he did have a five rounder in May in England with Craig Richards. It was a, a unanimous decision, but a close decision. Uh, what do you think, uh, James? And also, the question I have for you is this fight is in the Ukraine. So, what time should people be tuning in to watch this? Do you know that one? Um, I don't know. Ukraine, okay. Ukraine, <laughs> you're usually good at that. I don't know, man. Ukraine o'clock. It's on the zone. Don't worry Ukraine about it. Ukraine o'clock. Okay. It's going to be got... at night. All right. It's going to be at night because the zone already has a fight in the UK earlier with Ben Algieri and Katie Taylor and whatever. No, Ukraine, so that's, that's... not UK. Yeah. Ukraine. The zone is the person making the fight. They have fights already during the day. This is going to be a nighttime fight. All right. For you American fans. So anyway, let's move on with what we're talking about. Dimitri Rival, Salomov. You have an issue, one with height. Salomov was what, like three inches taller than Bevel, so that's going to be that's going to be a problem. His reach advantage is like four inches taller. Thing that sucks is that Salomov is supposed to fight Joe Smith Jr. in an eliminator title eliminator fight, um, and he had to back out because of COVID. And Joe Smith Jr. ended up beating I don't know a whole bunch of people or something. You know, he ended up being who we beat right and then Bevo was unimpressive against craig richards because he should have he should have done something against craig a unanimous decision against craig richards like this is where i wonder where Bevo used to knock guys out and then he just stopped and he hasn't changed like his weight class so i don't i don't know what's happened with Bevo. he just kind of points everybody out and that's all he really does. Um, so, I I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. Um, I think Salamoff was kind of the guy that you wouldn't know about. I mean, he's definitely the younger fighter. The, I don't know, I guess you'd call him the up-and-comer. You know, this is the Battle of Russia, I guess. Um, but, I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, I, I hope Bevel comes out. I had high hopes for Bevel. Um, to contend against um, Better Biev and um, God, the other guy, Godsvik, before he retired, all super weird um, when he fought after he lost to Better Biev, which just still, still this day just throws me off, man. I don't understand that at all because Godsvik had such had really good skill. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a, a defining moment for Bevel to see if he actually still has it. To move to keep at lightweight, or if he's going to do, or not light uh, light heavyweight, or if he's going to do something different, man, he's got to he's got to have a spark somewhere to garner a better fight. And this, to me, is the moment that he needs to shine, and he needs to shine bright. And if he doesn't, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, the first, like an an, uh, an undefeated fighter that just is unexciting for how he's gone and who he's fought already. So it's. Uh, yeah, that's my point. Well, we all want to see him fight better. Be I mean, that's pretty much the fight that he needs to fight. But he, he's he's a weird thing that he's a Russian without power, basically. You know, it's a little weird. All right, well, prediction time. What do you guys think, James? Start with you. Well, it's going to be tough. I think Salomov. I don't know, man. I mean, they got about the same KO percentage. I think Bevel is the better boxer by far, just because that's what he does. 
Now, Salomov also is a fairly decent boxer, but he's, I don't think he's near, he's definitely not at the same skill level. So <sighs> this sucks. I don't want to make this prediction. <laughs> it's going to be Bevel by unanimous decision. It's going to take 12 rounds. He's not going to knock Salomov out. It's going to, oh man, I'm going to say it again. It's going to be a boring fight. This is going to be a boring fight, and it's just not going to be, <sighs> it's going to be boring. I think Bevel <laughs> wins unanimous decision. James says that it's going to be Haney versus Jojo Diaz two in this fight. Filthy Rich, what do you think of this fight? Look, to, to touch on Bevel quickly, Bevel, maybe he doesn't belong at 175. Maybe he should just go back down to 168. He's probably the smallest guy at 175. And we had, I mean, everyone has number two behind better BF. So uh, I guess this will determine uh, does, does he belong at 175 or should he just go down to 168 and just, just wipe that whole division out. You might even get a Canelo fight out of it. If Canelo decides to drop back down, look, I think Bevo wins in seven max. Oh. I want to say six. I'm going to say seven max Bevo knockout uh, should not be close. This should be Bevo the entire time. All right. He says knockout and you said seven or six, which one are you going to say? I want to say six, but no later than seven. I'll go seven on the record. Seven. Okay, he's saying knockout by B-Ball in the seventh. I'm going to go as my bailiff, the Jack over there, is barking about it. I'm going to agree with James. I think it's going to go a long, boring fight. It's going to be unanimous decision for B-Ball, and the world keeps on spinning. So that's our predictions for the fights this weekend. Uh, make sure you figure out what time they're fighting in the Ukraine on zone and what uh, Loma was on ESPN after the Heisman Trophy present, presentation, correct? On the Ocho? It's well, it's ESPN Plus, so hopefully we won't have to worry about no Heisman Trophy anything, but you never know. They impede on everything. College football. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Those are the fights this weekend. That is Brews and Previews. Let's go on with the show. All right, before we bring it home, I just wanted to touch on that news. I think we brushed over a little bit that Deontay Wilder's got a perfume coming out, which doesn't make sense because the person that should have a perfume coming out is, you guessed it, Amir Khan. I will buy his cologne. I will definitely do that. That's on my Christmas list if Amir Khan could come out with a cologne. For, for all us real men. But I didn't anyway, know you could bottle failure. <laughs> filthy Rich, why don't you bring us on home? It'll be uh, French, we tell you. Big shout out to our Minnesota boys, Jim Cott and Tony Oliva, on their Hall of Fame induction this past week. Uh, and a big shout out to, uh, I want to call him friend of, hopefully friend of the show one day, Pat McAfee signs a huge deal with bar. I think it was Barstool Sports or FanDuel donated six million dollars on day one to various causes. Drink to that. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. And James, by the way, the the nice thing about the cologne that Amir Khan brings out is that the glass breaks just like his jaw, like immediately. As soon as you spray it, it just shatters. <laughs> Filthy or, uh, judge. If they're uh, watching us, where can they listen to us on the road? And if they're listening to us on the road, where can they watch us? Oh, man. If you are uh, <laughs> listening to us and you want to watch us, uh, you can go to YouTube backslash Bruise and Boxing. Um, if you are watching us and want to listen to us, um, check us out on any major podcast site. Just type in Bruise and Boxing, which is B-R-E-W-S-A-N-D, Boxing. And there you go. You got it. 
There we go. That's our show this week. Khan, shout out to Amir Khan. If you're making that cologne, don't put it in a glass bottle. Please don't do that for the rest of us. It won't ship well. <laughs> All right. For Judge Jimmy James and Filthy Rich, I am Raider Live. That is our show this week. We will see you guys next week.